102.7 ESPN Studios in Austin, Texas. This is the Jeff Ward Show. Hey, welcome to our little show. Here's the way it works. I riff on stuff and you react. Pretty straightforward. The phone numbers, you'll need them. 512-834-1027. It's 512-834-1027. You want to follow me on Twitter or X, whatever it's called this week, do it. At Jeff Ward Show. That's the follow. If you want to post comments, then you can do that on Twitter or X or whatever it's called this week. All I say is that please get to the point. Don't suck. Make the show better. That's at Jeff Ward Show. You should check out the show podcasts. I would say I don't like to do this too often, but I, I, I'll do it here. I think this is an obligation to listen to the conversation I just well, that will be posted on the podcast about school vouchers and school choice in the state of Texas. I know it makes your eyes glaze over, and that's the point. Just to give you a hint, I started the conversation by saying, because I don't know that conceptually saying people get to choose where they go to school is a bad idea. I'm so politically incorrect that I'm a person that would privatize Social Security. So conceptually, this giant elephant-in-the-room subjects, you hear them so much your eyes glaze over, and if you live in Texas, your eyes really glaze over. So I dove down and dove down and dove down and said, please tell everyone exactly what this means and how it works. And there's an explanation. And it's not going to (laughs) work. And you're not going to like it. And in the end, oh my gosh, it's about Greg Abbott wanting to be president. Yeah, I tried. You're trying. Try it. Try to listen. Just try to conceptualize what we're being told is exactly how school choice would work. Not, not the term, not, not the you know, throwaway language. I mean exactly dollar for dollar, student for student, exactly what it would mean to you, the taxpayer. Just think in those terms. Just try it. And then say, huh, yes or no? You're going to say no. It's stupid. And I'm in favor of, look, public education model is upside down. I didn't say the people are bad. The model is not healthy. The model is not productive. All models should be rearranged all the time. Public, I'm sorry to nerd out for a second, but public education is an upside down model. In the model, the money flows the wrong way. Money should never flow to to VPs. Money should flow to talent. The money doesn't flow in sports to an offensive coordinator. It flows to the quarterback. Public education is reversed. The money flows to the VPs. Nothing should ever flow to a VP in any model. So it's just upside down. It doesn't mean it's horrible. I mean, I'm, I'm all for tinkering. I'm all for disruption. Wait until you hear the plan that I'm not even sure the governor of Texas really wants to sell. He just wants to say it because he's got, assuming somebody else ends up in an orange jumpsuit, he's got a different plan. But I think you got to hear it. I think you got to listen. I think you got to take it in and say, you know what, I'd be cool with this or not. And then just start asking real questions, like real questions about real money. That's on the podcast along with other stuff. Uh, the podcast is dropped each afternoon. You can get the Jeff Ward Show podcast wherever you download your podcasts. Same with the YouTube channel as well. We post that each afternoon. Subscribe to it. Check it out. The host looks like Shrek, all that stuff. 
Okay, this is going to be weird. Hang in there. Hang in there. After watching Brock Purdy and the 49ers torch your Dallas Cowboys, I had a thought. I had a thought in the process, and I certainly have had a thought over the last few days about the process. Quarterbacks and art. I, I can't get out of that space. Arguing about quarterbacks trying, let's do it this way, trying to argue about quarterbacks is a lot like arguing about art. I can help. I like bizarre art. You would say, that guy's a mess. He's got issues. Well, true. He's a I'm a mess and I've got issues. But I like art, very bizarre art. In fact, just this is what made me think of it. The day before Brock Purdy and the reason why I bring up Brock Purdy, and I'm going to tell you how you can now categorize quarterbacks. I think I can walk people into a interesting and relevant way of categorizing quarterbacks so you can then kind of judge them. Because all we do, all day in media, all day over beers, all day over every Monday, is yell about the quarterbacks, and there's no context to it. There's no categories to it. There's a better way. I'm telling you, there's a better way to have the discussions about the comparisons. And Dak Prescott and Brock Purdy, are they, they're the ones that made me think of this. And then I thought about art. So on Saturday, before the, um, after the Texas game and before the Cowboys played, uh, played the 49ers, they got their face kicked in, I went to see one of my favorite artists, went to see his art show, and I actually got to see him do some work. I love art because I suck at art. I can't do it. I'm fascinated by artists. I think it is amazing. I think it is. I have a daughter who's an artist, so I took her with me, and we went to see some art and watch him. His last name is Jazz, although it's like Jazz Lusky or something like that, but he was smart enough to go by the term Jazz, and I love his work. It is weird. It is despondent. You might like paintings of boats and flowers. Now, I don't, because that may take talent to paint the boats and flowers, but there's not enough for me. So I get that you want to have a talent. There's talented artists, but I need some depth. I need some messed up thinking. I need some darkness. I need some, uh, I, I want more to it. So my art is described as despondent. I love Jazz's work. It's despondent. It is unbelievably deep and talented in my opinion. So I was thinking about that. I think like, how would we, how would we argue about our art? Because we're just going to end up in different places. Same thing happens with these quarterbacks, except I can tell you how to categorize them. I can tell you where to put them so you've got some sort of frame of reference I think that works better. Because Brock Purdy is the case study, along with Dak Prescott, into everybody in my business and many of you having opinions. And I get really sick of not having context. I don't like people not thinking it through. I can think through my art because I get to talk to Jazz and he tells me exactly what bizarre thing he's thinking of. And I need the same thing with a quarterback. This is the TSN Dallas Cowboys channel. Wow. Shut up. Okay, so the way to think about quarterbacks, the way to judge them, bad ones, good ones, and in particular, great ones. Here's what I think people need to start doing. Give me a chance here. See if you like it. You have to put them into categories. Instead of just saying, not too many categories, I know you're going to say, well, Jeff, I just want to argue. I just want to say Dak Prescott sucks, Jeff. Leave me alone. No, I'm not going to leave you alone because I don't get to say that's great art and that's it. Let's go a little bit further than that. Instead of saying Patrick Mahomes is the best ever 
or Joe Burrow is the fourth best ever, or Dak Prescott is the 31st best or worst quarterback in the NFL today, do more. Find a place to put them because they do kind of fall into categories. So I can't describe in great detail. I can try. You're going to say, Bud, do you do acid? I'm going to say, no, I don't. I'm just weird. Um, it's hard for me to describe my taste in art, but I can make the quarterback debate easier and I think more understandable. Here's how. You create a category, two categories. Only need two. Watching Brock Purdy, who is now in conversation to be an MVP. The guy is putting up ridiculous numbers. He's not thrown an interception. He carved Dallas up like he's carved up everyone else. There is no denying he's got talent. There's no denying that uh, there's a good arm in there. There's no denying there's a good brain in there. He might be the MVP. Brock Purdy, he just happens to play for San Francisco, which brings this thing into focus more. He is playing like, and has a skill set like, and teammates around him like Joe Montana. It's uncanny. I don't know how many times during the San Francisco-Dallas game, I said, my gosh, this looks like, it looks just like a San Francisco team when they're playing really good Dallas teams, except those were better than the one the other night, and it looks the same. It's, it's unbelievable how, how similar that team of the other night, right now, present day, with Brock Purdy and all that's around him, is just like the Montana teams with Jerry Rice and Tom Rathman and Bill Walsh and blah, blah, blah. It's unbelievable. And then I started to think. As I stopped thinking about art, I thought, wait a second. So he's got to go in a category because Montana belongs in a category. And I know Montana belongs in a category because Joe Montana recently... When asked, who's the best quarterback to ever play? He didn't hesitate. He said Dan Marino. Easily. He then described why he thought Dan Marino was the best quarterback ever. But there's different players, different styles, different teammates around him with different outcomes. So they need to have their own categories. Right? So you've got a Joe Montana, Tom Brady category. What does that mean exactly, Jeff? All right, well, I'm going to tell you. Um, We're always looking for who's the next. Who's the next Montana? Who's the next Brady? Blah, blah, right? Um, It is the most talked about position in all of sports, quarterback. It is the most ridiculous conversation that goes on almost every single day and certainly on Mondays. Who's the next Joe Montana? Who's the next Tom Brady? Oh, my gosh, it must be Brock Purdy. Yeah, he's pretty close. Who's the next Dan Marino? Well, that's a different category by itself. So you create a category of Montana and Brady, and then you have a category of Marino because they did different things in different ways with completely different teams. Dan Marino never had what Joe Montana had. Dan Marino never had what Brock Purdy has. Justin Herbert, who has similar skill set to Dan Marino. He plays for the Chargers. None of you care. None of you pay attention. But he is putting up ridiculous numbers. He's never going to have what Brock Purdy has. He's the Dan Marino of 2023, in other words. So that's the way I do it. Montana was a perfect fit for the 49ers. Or Bill Walsh put players around Montana that made it all work perfectly or stuck Montana in there with players and it all worked. Either way... It was perfect surroundings. 
he played the way they needed. Tom Brady didn't even have what Montana had. So Montana Brady in this one category, if you want to look at it this way, think of it this way. They, they are on really, really good teams. They make them great. Does that make them great quarterbacks? Well, of course it does. Yeah. Brock Purdy has made the 49ers great. If you stuck Dak Prescott in there, they'd be really good still. But Montana made them great. Brock Purdy makes them great. Brady made the teams around him great. They were good teams to start with. They weren't trash. They weren't stuck like Dan Marino was stuck. They are great players who've taken really good teams and made them great teams. Brock Purdy is a really, really good quarterback with a skill set like Joe Montana's who's, on a, who's turning his team into a great team. But Marino never has that. Joe Burrow's not going to have that. Justin Herbert's not going to have that. Jim Kelly didn't have it. Warren Moon didn't have it. And they're great players. So it's completely ridiculous to start to compare them. Is this nerdy enough? Is everyone okay? You want to go back into despondent art? You know, the thing about jazz and his art is I'm really into straight edges, but they were very circular patterns with all these eyeballs. Um, and I can't believe that I fall in love with these circular patterns in his art. But So there, take that. So, uh, Dan Marino's the best passer to ever play the game, in my opinion. Joe Montana and Tom Brady played quarterback better than anyone ever. They just happened to be on completely different kinds of teams. Right? What a setup. So, the categories for these quarterbacks, you want to do it, is you create this group of Brady and Montana, of which you start to stick Brock Purdy in there. You stick Troy Aikman in there. Really good quarterback, Borderline, you can say great quarterback on great, who made, made his team great. They went as far as they could because he was built perfectly. It'd be unfair to compare Dan Marino to Troy Aikman because of completely different surroundings. Just like it's unfair to compare Justin Herbert to Brock Purdy. They're completely different surroundings. They're going to be different outcomes. Warren Moon, if you stuck him with, uh, instead of Joe Montana, you could stick him with the 49ers, the outcomes would be different for Warren Moon. But it's, you can't say one one is necessarily better than the other. So the, the best in the game now, in my opinion, are Mahomes, Burrow, and Jalen Hurts. They get in that category of being on really good teams that they can make great. Got it? They're in the Brady-Montana category. Then you've got a group of players in the greatest age of quarterback play that are in that Dan Marino category, and that is Justin Herbert. Um, it, it might be Trevor Lawrence. And these are really good quarterbacks who turn their teams into really good teams, but they're just not enough there to win championships. And everyone wants to define quarterbacks by championships, and Joe Montana didn't do it. He defined said that Dan Marino is the best player of all time, but he doesn't have any championships. Joe Burrow is going to follow the same path. So you've got to stick him in that other place. You've got to separate the two. You can't continue to say, well, Purdy's better than Burrow. No. No. They've just got different circumstances. So the Marino category is pretty interesting because all these really, really good quarterbacks, great quarterbacks who just stuck in places where they're eventually not going to be able to do what Brock Purdy is doing. But when you think about it and you watch what Purdy did to to the Cowboys and what the 49ers did, And you think about, oh, my, that looks exactly like Joe Montana 
playing with Rice and Taylor and Rathman and Ronnie Lott and all those people. And then you're going to watch Justin Herbert play against the Cowboys. And you're going to see this unbelievable talent, and he's going to light them up. And he's going to put up ridiculous numbers. He's a guy that went 31 of 35 for 440 yards recently. And you're going to watch him play and tell me this. You put him in the category and you say, wow, that guy looks like Dan Marino out there. There. There's their space. There's their categories. Now you got the ones that suck. you got the ones that underachieve. Yeah. But the best ones in the game, you got to be fair to the whole argument and just put them in those different places. Because some of these guys, I don't know that Herbert will ever win a championship. I don't know that Burrow probably will never win a championship. The window is closing. But there's no way you're ever going to look back and say, well, he's not any good. No. He just doesn't have what Brock Purdy has. All right, 512-834-1027. Jeff Ward, weekdays on 102.7 ESPN. It's been a long time since I've been on a date. I sometimes see you pass outside my school or a college or something. Wow, I didn't know the music video had uh, like something going on. On Friday, we do songs that suck. These are songs that nobody in their right mind would ever like. No normal person would ever like them. And they're just horrific on every level, except for that woman that keeps talking in the middle of Lionel Richie. So, on songs that suck, I try to guess the title. Hey, lady, I'm trying to do a show. And I try to guess the year. This would be Lionel Richie without the Commodores, of course, because the Commodores were okay. And this is Hello. Hello. 1981. Close, 83. Can we make it stop now? Because it's really starting to hurt me. All right, let's do some buy or sell. Two media legends, five topics, and a moment of jackassery. This is buy or sell. That's buy or freaking sell. All right, here's the way it works. Uh, buy or sell. He is Cedric Golden, a famous columnist for the Austin American States who always disagrees with me and makes fun of me about the Cowboys and everything else. So a statement is made, and then all of you can either buy it or you can sell it. There are five buy or sell statements. We finish with the dreaded moment of jackassery. All right, here we go. Buy or sell number one. Dan Quinn is the Cowboys head coach by Christmas. Buy or sell. I'm selling. Oh. He's not going to be the head coach. He probably should be the head coach, <laughs> but he won't be the head coach. He's got one year left on his contract. Back-to-back 12-win seasons. Uh, they may remove him as the play caller since Brian Schottenheimer's chopping at the bit to play call to to call the plays. Um, 
but I don't think Jerry Jones is going to pull the trigger at, um, at at the end of the season or midseason or whatever you want to call it. He rarely fires coaches in midstream. He did give Ray Phillips his walking papers in 2010 after they started one and seven. That was a no-brainer. They replaced him with Jason Jason Garrett. Um, I think that Dan Quinn's a better coach than Mike McCarthy. Uh, the defense uh, before these injuries was really elite. Uh, San Francisco's just better. So I don't think, and you know, Jerry said this week he's not firing uh, Mike McCarthy. Um, I think I think they do feel like a 9-8 and eight or a 10-7, and seven, which should get them into the playoffs and out very quickly. Uh, I do feel like they have seen the best of Mike McCarthy uh, has to offer and the best that Dak Prescott has to offer. So it wouldn't shock me if he fires him after the season. He's got one year left on his deal. I don't see him firing him before the season's over. I'm buying it depending on what happens on Monday. I think every I think Monday Ooh. decides the future, the immediate three-month future, two-month future of Mike McCarthy. If they don't make the NFC Championship game, which is going to be pretty tough as it is, uh, given that they've spotted the, the top two teams now almost three games, they're not going to sweep Philadelphia. They don't make the NFC Championship game. Mike McCarthy is fired. And if they lose on Monday, I don't think they should. I don't think they will because the Chargers coach is a moron himself. So it's hard to lose to him. But Justin Herbert is great and no one knows it. If Dallas is in some sort of psychological funk and they lose to the Chargers on Monday, I see a free fall coming. I see fingers pointed. I see total chaos. Then I don't think he makes it to Christmas. So I guess I should say I'm buying as of 10 p.m. on Monday night. If all goes well for Dallas, then Mike McCarthy's you know they're going to do what we think they can do and then we're you know he's probably going to get whacked it in this season they lose monday in a game they shouldn't lose and they can't lose chaos reigns supreme he's he's tough and he'll, <laughs> no, he'll, he'll, get, the, he'll get the blame i mean they go he'll get the blame i mean jerry's going to go nuts he's going to hit the scotch by 10 p.m and mumbling mike might get fired on the plane <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> Wouldn't that be I awesome? Just, I, not for mumbling Mike, but it just would be good copy because Jer- Jerry Jerry had high hopes for this season. I think that, that Brandon Staley is going to go for it on fourth down again. And this time it's going to work against him. Yeah. He's two for two on stupid calls this year. I know. This time I think the Cowboys may make him pay and then he may get the, may get fired you know, he, instead he, of uh, he Mike been McCarthy. Said, he should have been fired a few weeks ago. He, there, there are stu- there's stupid decisions made by coaches, and then this guy's got a next level stupid. Like he has a game one. I, I mean, I just I wish the whole world would get to see this guy in action. And wait, maybe we might on Monday. And they faced a on their own. I believe it's on their own thirty. They're going to win this game, and he decides to go for it on his own thirty, and it doesn't work. He's just an idiot. He, he really he's is. An idiot, he's huh? an idiot. And I just get so tired of the madnization of head coaching where you got these young hotshots who think that they can do these things and it's not going to impact the team as a whole. The Chargers aren't a, aren't a world beater on defense, and they've just happened to be playing against bad quarterbacks who didn't take advantage of uh, Brandon Staley's stupidity. 
You know, I I mean, I'm glad that Dallas gets to play the Chargers because I hope people get to see Justin Herbert because this is I just earlier before you came on, I said, you know, this is guy like a this guy's like a younger version of Dan Marino. He's never gonna win anything because he's in kind of a goofy organization. But my God, what a talent. Yeah, and he just needs to, you know, he probably loves where he lives and the sure. weather is yeah. wonderful. But wouldn't he just be better off maybe playing for a coach who has a clue? Yeah. I mean, he might be able to save Bill Belichick in New England. They could find a couple of players to to put around him and turn that thing around. But I just wouldn't want to play for Brandon Staley. Yeah. Buy or freaking sell. Kentucky. Kentucky coach Mark Stoops says Georgia bought some good players. We need help to do the same thing. Buy or sell, he's a whining jerk. I'm going to sell because he's right. And and here's why I, I don't – he's whining, but I don't think he's a jerk. The thing is, these big-time football factories are buying players more so than they ever have before because it's legal – and if you don't if you don't recall two years ago, Nick Saban said that Jimbo Fisher bought an entire recruiting class at AM and Jimbo and Nick Saban started exchanging barbs in the media. But what 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 wasn't reported as much was when Nick Saban said it, it was in a room full of Alabama boosters. So what he was telling them is get off your ass, pull out that checkbook. Get this GoFundMe going because we can't compete with the oil money that's coming out of College Station, the new tech money that's in Austin, and the old school southern plantation money coming out of Atlanta. That's big money that's being funneled into these football programs. And it goes to show you the difference between uh, football and college basketball. Kentucky is a college college basketball blue blood. But they can't compete with the LSUs, with the Texases, the A&Ms, the Georgias. They can't compete with them in NIL because, no, I mean, you're having to try to convince kids, hey, come play at Kentucky. And the kid's like, no, I'm a football player. He goes, I know you're a football player. We want you to play football. Uh, no, I'm going to go play at Alabama. I want to play in the league. So that's what, he, that's what he's saying. Mark Stoops knows that. Money-wise, they can't compete with Georgia. They are winning football games. They're having a tremendous season. But he's telling those boosters, man, you're going to have to dig deeper if you want to keep this train going. Yeah, I'm buying it. I, I love the term GoFundMe because that's really all it is. Now that's all name, image, and likeness. It's, it's just GoFundMe. That was, that's good. I'm going to use that from this day forward because that's precisely it. I, I He did whine a little bit. But I got to say this. The guy qualified it pretty well up front saying, look, and he's not, not the sharpest guy around, so he struggled with this, but he tried to say, look, get on my case. We got hammered. Rip me all you want. <laughs> but I got to tell you, I don't have players like those guys. I, I really would I, – I think we're getting closer and closer to a coach because they're all trying to say it now, especially these southern schools, um, and they're really going to say it when Texas rolls in. But I think we're getting closer. Oh, yeah. I think we're getting closer and closer to a coach who might be able to complete enough sentences. I don't know which one it'll be, but somebody's going to complete some sentences and say, "Hey, we keep losing because they have a better GoFundMe than we do." 
Just so you know, mm-hmm. we're going to keep getting our ass kicked even worse because their GoFundMe is a thousand times bigger than my GoFundMe. So get used to it, fans. Have a nice day. Because that's what he was saying, and he is exactly right. And I believe this game, this screwed up game that never could figure out revenue sharing and now is never going to figure out revenue sharing because they're far too greedy because of people like Texas and A&M and USC, it's going to eat itself alive. It's, it's, what, what he's trying to say is, I'm doing the best I can. It's, I'm never going to have a chance against them. And he's right. Oh, he's right because there's just there's just too much money. There's too there's so much interest in those football programs. And when you talk about Texas and Texas A and M, they are starving to win a national championship. And they will they will buy whatever they have to, whatever kind of player they need to buy. They're going to cut that check to try to make it happen. Uh, and Kentucky is still as good as Coach Stoops is doing there in Lexington. Man, that's a basketball school, and it's going to always be a basketball school. Buy or freaking sell. The short yardage shove play made famous by the Eagles should be outlawed by the NFL. Buy or sell. Man, I'm buying. I just absolutely hate it. I hate it so much. <laughs> I mean, when I see when I see them line up, and I see them behind Jalen Hurts. I, my stomach starts to turn. And I know there are people out there that have Jalen Hurts on their on their fantasy league football team, and they just absolutely love it. But as a, just a fan of football itself, I think it's the worst development in the league, this side of the shake-it-off woman. I mean, it's the, it is as bad as that. And – Remember when Reggie Bush Wait, pushed Mad Liner to what? What? what the shake it? Yeah, Taylor the- Swift. This is horrible, horrible. Oh, tired of it. Okay. I'm sorry. I, I was, like, it was a good joke that went over my head because I don't know what's going on. Okay, shake it off is her her big hit. That's oh. you know when Travis Kelsey hurt his ankle last week, they told him to shake it off. That's that was right. the running joke. So, That's right. um, but remember when Reggie Bush pushed Mad Liner into the end zone to avoid the the upset against Notre Dame in '05. And we thought that was kind of cool. They called it the Bush push. And I was like, oh, that, that was really cool. It was illegal, but it was cool. Uh, we thought it was cool, but now it's a nightmare. It is a, it's almost as bad as the quick hitter handoff yep. to the fullback on third and two. I hate that play. <laughs> Your slowest guy is going to get the ball on the most important play. So get rid of this thing. It is a horrible, horrible development. It's, it is eye cancer. No one wants to see it. It's not exciting for the game. And uh, I hope that they vote it out because it, it just doesn't, it doesn't add for good theater in the NFL. Yeah, I'm buying. And it should have been outlawed a year ago. And I've read now that the head of the competition committee pretty much said, had we known it was going to go keep going, we would have out, outlawed it then. It needs to be stopped. It's not a football play. It's a mosh pit. There's no skill involved. Um, and you're right. I mean, the NFL, this is one of the few times I could say the NFL didn't do the right thing to make its product entertaining. Because they'll change mm-hmm. rules on a dime, unlike college football, to make the game more entertaining. They've allowed this to go on, and it is, it's so dumb. And I'll take it further. It's just unfair. Um, it's, it, it, you're not, a ball carrier's not beating you. 
a ball carrier is not getting around you, running over you, faking you out. They've picked up a person that ha- happens to have the ball, and they've mosh-pitted him forward. Why didn't Texas do it <laughs> on first and goal with four snaps? I can tell you why. Their offensive line isn't as good as the Philadelphia Eagles. They didn't get it. They, they're not getting a push up front. Yeah. And uh, I, I'm surprised that's not in the playbook. But with Kelvin Banks at left tackle, who's going to keep him from pushing Quinn Ewers? Right. You know, and Jalen Hurts, 230 pounds. Quinn Ewers is 195. So yeah. Yeah, you got a size factor there. So I just I just don't like to play. Yeah, no, and it's, I just hope I, we're I, not it's talking got, it's about gotta it. Go, it's got to go year. away. I mean, it's, it's just. It, I, I don't believe for a second that we see this ever again in the NFL. I just think that'd be crazy. This is Buy or Sell. Two media legends, five topics, and a moment of jackassery. This is Buy or Sell. That's Buy or Freaking Sell. All right, here we go. The next one. The winner of this weekend's Oregon-Washington Go Dogs game is a Final Four team. Buy or sell? I heard a Go Dogs in there. Yeah, I heard it too. Um, I'm going to buy that. Um, yeah, I had USC in the national title game ah. before the season. <laughs> I did, fam. I had them. I, I mean, uh, I didn't think I didn't think the Pac-12 would be such a landmine, and I thought they'd be better on defense than they were last year. But their defense is atrocious. It's just atrocious. And Caleb Williams got to be Superman just to get them wins. So um, when they nearly blew that 30-point lead to Coach to, to Coach Prime a couple of weeks ago, and then you got to survive a 43-41 what, triple overtime game against Arizona, I know, this, I know the conference is good, but you're supposed to be top four. So uh, Lincoln Riley is is really struggling to keep that unbeaten record intact. And so when we talk about this weekend's game, the Bo Nix and Michael Penix Jr. are Heisman Trophy candidates. They're right there with Caleb Williams. And so I'm going to switch up. I don't think the Trojans are top four anymore. That defense is atrocious. And Oregon and Washington, in my mind, are the two top teams in the league. And even though the league is loaded, I think the winner of this game can finish in the Final Four. Um, you know, looking ahead, Washington still has USC on the road and hosts Utah. That's much tougher. Oregon gets USC at the house, and they also get Oregon State uh, at the end, and that's always a coin flip. So uh, right now, I think um, I think I'm going with Oregon to win it on the road this weekend and represent the Pac-12 uh, in the in the Final Four. I think um, I'm buying. Well, Brandon's really happy now. I, mean, I think he was just flipping you off and said terrible things about you, Sam. How but, dare you? Yeah. Um, you know, here's the thing. I'm buying, but I'm going to say this. They, one of them should be. If there, was a, if there was a final 12 this year, both of them would be in the 12-team tournament. There might even no be, question. There might even be three. Te- you can make a pretty good argument there could be three teams from the Pac-12 in the final 12. But the winner of this game, my... The injustice is going to come when the winner of this game, and I think it's going to be Washington because I don't think anybody would want any part of that Washington offense, uh, none of it. But the winner of this game might, might lose a game, might lose a close game, and I'm wondering if that one-loss Pac-12 team doesn't get screwed 
over a one-loss Big 12 team when the Pac-12 team, whether Washington or Oregon, doesn't matter, would be far more deserving. So the winner of this game deserves to be in the Final Four unless they melt down. I'm not quite mm-hmm. sure they will if they slip up and lose one because the bias is gonna the bias is gonna be there. There's gonna be the Texas Oklahoma blue blood bias, and it's gonna be unfair. I'm afraid a one loss Pac-12 team gets left out. Will a one loss Pac-12 champion get overlooked in favor of a one loss Big Twelve runner up? <sighs> no. But it would get, here's my opinion, it would get overlooked if it's a Big 12 Conference Championship game winner and the name is Texas. Got it. Because the name is Texas. Yeah, because Oregon, Oregon is very well respected. Yep. Um, and, but not a blue blood, right. I don't think. Right. Not a blue blood. USC is the only blue blood in that conference. So... I don't think, you know, Oregon is a close second, but I don't think they'd overlook Texas um, for, you know, with, with, with the cachet, the money, the TV ratings that they would bring. Uh, the time zone is friendly as well. So, yeah, I think you're right about yeah, that. I mean, what but, I'm wondering uh, I, is, what I, what I think is also a distinct possibility is, you know, Oklahoma wins out. Uh, they get Texas again. Texas, you know, it's tough to beat them twice. Texas beats them in the Big 12 game, and Oklahoma's probably sitting there thinking, well, we're like TCU. We're going to get the invite, and it's going to go to Texas. Wow, because Texas won the conference. Yep. Because Texas won the conference. And K- K-State last year had two losses. When they beat TCU, had two losses. Right. That's the difference. If, te- if a one-loss Texas wins the Big 12, I think Texas would get that CFP yeah, love. I do too. I do too. I don't think it's fair. I don't think it's right, but I think that's what's going to happen. Buy or freaking sell. I don't want to go to San Antonio again. <laughs> Quinn tired Ewers. of the Alamo Bowl. Good <laughs> Lord. Tired of the River Walk. Seen enough. Speaking of which, Quinn Ewers is the Texas starting quarterback for game one of the 2024 season. Buy or sell? Man, I'm selling that because if that's the case, then it just didn't happen for Texas this year. Before the season, the best-case scenario was Texas Longhorns have a revitalized season, a renaissance of sorts. They win 10 or 11 games. Quinn Ewers has a good season. He's all-conference. He might get a little bit of All-American love, and then he becomes a first-round draft pick, as was projected in some mocks before the season. And then you can turn it over to either Arch Manning or Malik Murphy. If Quinn Ewers comes back, I think Arch Manning's leaving. You really think Arch Manning came to Austin to sit for two seasons? This ain't Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre. This is college. So I think I think if Quinn Ewers is the quarterback, uh, then things didn't go well for Texas. I believe now that we're in midseason that Texas is right where they need to be. I think that they can run this table and finish eleven and one, or at worst ten and two, which will which will mean that Quinn Ewers will play well enough that he will be a first or second round draft pick. I don't see him as a first round draft pick. I, I can see second, early third, which is enough to still get get him into the league and then hand those reins over to Young Arch or maybe Malik Murphy. My belief is Quinn will go to the league. Arch will be the starter and Malik will transfer. So I am selling that. Well, I'm buying it. 
Not that. No. Yeah. 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 Here it goes. And l- hear me out. Um, one, he's making a lot of money here. And if he wants to make more, he can do that too. As you said, the GoFundMe thing. So even if Texas goes 11 and 1 and things go well, this is a quarterback heavy draft, ridiculously quarterback heavy draft. And a lot of teams already have quarterbacks. So you don't go among the first four. You're not going to see the first round, I don't think. And I don't think he would be among the first four, or certainly the first five, assuming Shadour Sanders comes out, because I think he'll be one of the two or three. So the numbers are against Caleb, Quinn Caleb Ewers. Williams, yeah. So he, the numbers are against him. So he's thinking next year's less of a quarterback-heavy draft. Why wouldn't I come back, make good money, drive Lamborghinis, Aston Martins, whatever he wants, comes back, and now he's going to be a much higher position, assuming he plays well the next year. I don't know that that's the smartest move, but I think this guy's going to get information that says you're not going to be you're not going to be in the first round, and if you are, it's going to be very very late. If that, that's just the circumstances you've been dealt. So. If you've had another good season in Texas, you might make your way to the top ten. There's a difference of several million dollars. I just I think the numbers are against him. I I think he's starting for Texas a year from now, unless unless he's willing to go I, I, in. Unless he's willing to go in as a second round pick, and maybe he is. I don't know, but I could see an argument being made. Hey, look, wait another year, bud. You'll be one of the top three. Yeah, because you look at Caleb Williams, Drake May, North Carolina, Michael Penix Jr. We right. talked about him, Bo Nix. And Shador, so, yeah, those and, are the guys. J.J. McCarthy, Shador Sanders. Yeah. There are so many good – Jordan Travis, so many good quarterbacks out there. Um, I just wonder what that would do to the Arch Manning dynamic. Would Arch Manning call, call Daddy Cooper and, and, and Grandpa Archie and go, uh, could you call Kirby Smart for me yeah. and see what's going on in Georgia? Well, because Cameron Beck ain't the guy. Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, I, I could see it totally. Unless, I mean, what's Steve Sarkeesian going to do? Look, Quinn, don't come back. Please don't come back. Don't come back. I mean, you can't, you can't do that. I mean, it's a good problem to have. I just think, you know, Quinn Ewers is not better than any of the guys you just listed. He's not a better NFL prospect than any of the guys you just listed. He's not among the best six for sure. That's just the way it is. And this year's draft, when you look at it, there's not that many teams. Other teams are going to want a quarterback, no doubt. But there are not that many teams that are going to want a quarterback in the first round. I think he's, I think he's odd man out. And like you said, he can make that good money here. It yeah. makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I mean, he can make three million hanging around Texas. Um, granted, it's not thirty million you could make, you know, if you're a top ten pick. But he's not going to be a top ten pick. He's not going to see the first round, I don't think. Wow. Yeah, that's just a just an opinion, but uh, I think it's set up against him. All right, man. Said as always, good stuff. Good talking to you. Have a good weekend, bro. This is buy or sell.